say that the peace we have enjoyed as a country has been enough and therefore must come to a standstill for a moment. But all we say is that you make all grace and peace abound towards us. The Lord, to every orchestration of wickedness and evil in every corner of the land to bring an unrest, to bring life to jeopardy, to the prejudice of somebody's mindset and understanding for the purpose of political craves, you would be able to make their agenda and their purpose to be forfeited in the name of our Lord Jesus. We are asking the Lord as there is a little bit of uncertainty in the land of America, your grace will cause there be a rest for a peace. We, be, we give you praise and we give you honor this morning. In the name of our Lord Jesus, somebody shout Amen. Amen. Oh, sit down in the heavenly places. It got fortunate today as well that a few others are not in church. But we'll see. It, uh, the only thing is that it is not that a lot more of them that are not in happens to be at home and they're not being able to be here. But they happen to be engaged with other activities. Though it's more rightful that Sundays should take out from the presence of God. But we thank God for everything he has done for us. Hallelujah. 
and we thank God for coming to almost the third week, fourth week in the month of November, and hopeful of experiencing the few days ahead of us as we see the grace of God to cross into December and see the glory of God. Hallelujah. You are welcome to church. This is the Word Prayer Church. It's a church with purpose. It's a church which plans for our lives both here and to prepare us for heaven. We don't have plans for people in heaven, but God has plans for people in heaven. But we can do our part according to his commandment that we should teach the church to observe and to do all that which he has commanded us. We should teach them to observe and to do it. And then we should perfect them, edify them unto the glory of God in his name for, for a unification in the body. Hallelujah. That is all we can do. The rest will be left to God. And we believe that as we serve God and worship God faithfully, the Lord is going to bring us his blessings. Amen. Amen. All right, tonight, today, I'm grateful to be here. I want to minister to you on the subject, hold on. Or can you hold on? Better still, can you hold on? It's a question I'm going to ask you. Can you hold on? Hallelujah. Can you hold on? Look to your neighbor and say, can you hold on? Yeah. You know, we are in a battle and then it's like we are in a tug of war either with me. On the opposite end is somebody in a, in a fight with us and the person is actually pulling, dragging the rope and the thread that we are struggling with. The person is pulling it, is dragging it with us. But it's a matter of question to ask ourselves. Can we hold on? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. I want you to turn your Bible with me to the book of Genesis. Or Genesis chapter 25 and I read from 29. And I want you to pay attention to the readings that I'm going to do. Because I'm going to read it in a matter of sequence for the purpose of this teaching. And Bible says that. And Jacob sold pottage. Sold pottage. And Esau came from the field and he was faint. In other words, he was hungry. And Esau said unto Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, that with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Hallelujah. Amen. The Edomites there is simply reddish or people that are red. So when you see the mulatto or the two fair people like the Abinos, you can say that they are Edomites. From, from the scripture, that is the Edomites. They are red people. And Bible said that Jacob, Esau was somebody who was red. He was said that he was an Edomite. So he had a love for red things. No wonder when he saw the red porridge, the red pottage. The pottage is a beans prepared. It's a bit a beans legend. It's more like a food that is prepared with beans. And when my man came and saw the red beans, no wonder we had red beans. We have red beans. And saw the beans prepared. His appetite rose so much that he didn't want to give up because he's a man who likes red things. I wonder what his wife should be. Because his father married a fair woman. So probably he might have married only fair women throughout his journey. Hallelujah. So he saw these things and he said to his brother that, give me of that same red pottage. And his brother gave it to him. And the Bible said that therefore his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, look at what this man is saying. Said, saw me this day thy birthright. 
Serve me this is a birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at a point of dying, of death, so to speak, for better English. I am at a point of death. I am at a point to die. And what profit shall this birthright to me? Are you there? What profit shall be this birthright to me? Can I ask a question? You are a Christian. You've been poor for two years and there is nothing home. Then you come across a ritualist who tells you that sell your soul to the devil and become rich. Can you tell yourself that? I won't do it. Because I need to believe and hold on to that God. And therefore I'm not going to do it. You equally ask like this so much. Of what benefit will my soul be to me? I need money now. Can, 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 you, can you say? I need money now. So, Mala, ritualist, money in the future. No, I need it now. So, forget about it. If it will mean that part of my body, let me cut it and give it to you and take money. And that is what is happening today. A lot of the young men, a lot of young ladies, a lot of people are not ready to go through the stages of life to come to the point of time of God's promise and glory for their lives. So they are not ready to hold on. How we got it right? And the stance of any little challenge and perseverance that we go through, we are not ready to hold fast. But we are ever ready to lay hold, to lay, to, to just to let go of it. Look at what he said. He said, I am at the point to die. But we are forgotten as preachers of what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole wide world and loses his soul. In other words, a man can gain the whole world. Are you there? And lose his soul. And a man can lose his soul or can, get, can, can gain his soul and lose the whole world. But there is a point that when it comes to, you can gain both. It's when you have come to Jesus. You see, a lot of people are with the assumption that when you become a Christian, you are doomed for poverty. It is not true. It is a mental robbery. Maybe next week I will teach on don't be a slave by your mind. It is a mental robbery at a stage where people make you to think that being a Christian is a slavery, is a sort of a robbery that is done to you. You are mentally deranged. You are mentally robbed of the blessings. So you are not able to see the glory of God. And this young man came and they told him that sell your birthright and let me give you the beans. Beans steal a birthright. That is opening his mouth. Beans steal a birthright. Look, it's like, let me put it practically. It's like, you know it's like, Esau was the first one. Jacob was the second one. He said, from today, when I give you the beast you, I will be seen as the first one in this family. You'll be the second one. He said, don't worry, don't worry. You can be, you are eating beast you for once a time. So five, ten minutes. Period. And after that moment, even in the next one hour, you'll be hungry again. But you have given us something that is a lifetime. Ah. 
reality. You are giving away something that is a lifetime. That whenever they are saying that, why are the firstborns of Isaac? Jacob should be called. Are you mad? Are you a madman? And you see, that is the very thing that we are going through in life. That is the very thing that we are going through in life. We are very conscious and desirous of the things of today. And we are forgetting the tomorrow. And I'm telling you, Bible says that the things that we see, they are temporal. But there is something we don't see which is eternal. That is your life. And that life is very important. And men and women of today are not ever worried to ever say that I don't mind losing it. They are ever ready to lose it. We are just like Jacob, Esau. We are just like Esau. That we are returning from the field. This was an example of Jesus. When we come to the New Testament in Matthew chapter 4, I will show it to you. It was just like a testimony of what is going to happen in the life of Jesus. And we are just returning. You return from the field. Things are some way. Just ask yourself. You are a Christian. You've gone to the office. You've come to school. You've come to an environment. And it's like you are dying in need of something. And somebody says, Charlie, we've got to do the opposite of what Bible says. Will you say that? God said I shouldn't do it. Or you say that, Charlie, I didn't hear that in anything no. So look sharp, look sharp, look sharp. They come. Will you say that? Yes. That is the question you need to be asking yourself. And you see that I am at the point of death. I'm asking you, can you hold on? I am at the point of death. And what shall these birthrights do to me? Mercy. And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And swore unto him. And sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread. Then this man was trying to be like me. He ate the beans with bread. I don't eat beans with garlic. He ate the beans with bread. Bread and pottage of lentils, lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. This thus Esau despised his birthrights. Do you know Christians we a lot of times despise our birthrights? I'm telling you. I'm just dotting your mind to something. I'm calling you back to the place of that seriousness. In the things of God. Why you've got to know that to be a Christian demands perseverance. Hallelujah. Demands perseverance. We'll come back to this scripture. Turn to Matthew chapter 4. Reading from verse 3. Matthew chapter 4. Reading from verse 3. Reading from verse 3. And when Jesus, and when the tempter came to him. He said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Ah. Let's read from verse 1. Then Jesus led up of the Holy Ghost, or was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards and hungered. And the tempter came to him and said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. How different is this case from the case of Esau? 
What did Esau return from? When he came to meet Jacob, preparing the cottage, the field. When did Jesus return from? The field or the wilderness? Are you seeing it? But in these two cases, God was using the two of them to demonstrate to us something about happening. This Jacob, Esau came and they told him that give me your birthright. And he said that there is no need of me holding on to birthright. It doesn't matter. Can't you see? Do you know what, by what means the young men are making money today? A lot of young men today are not ready to suffer. At the age of 25, you want to be driving so, so that the crabble is small. They wish they have the latest car. Benz. A lot of them don't even buy Benz. Toyota Corolla, no Atom, no Atom, Maybach, no Atom. Then they buy all the classic sporty cars they can think about. Ask yourself, somebody has worked in the government sector for more than 70 years or 60 or 40 years. And all the person can use his livelihood for is to build a three-bedroom self-contained house. But you, you have been able to, within one year, buy a house, buy a car. I know there are genuine monies. But there is no money without sweat. Hallelujah. There is no blessing without sowing. So, it happened here that a similar thing of what happened to Jacob. That Satan came to Jesus and said that, If you are a son of God, if you are a son of God, turn these stones to bread. You see, many of the times eh, Hmm? Young man, many of the times, the very thing that Satan can use to get your attention, eh? to get you to his word, is what you like the most. Or what you are in need of at that point in time the most. Are you hearing me? The very thing that you are in need of the most is what Satan is going to use as a bait to you. Are you hearing me? Yes. So, let us see that you are in need of a phone, deadly. At a particular point in time, you are not money. You are in need of just a smartphone, the device to use. And then you are thinking, how is this going to come about? And you don't know how it's going to come. Then you walk in, then you meet somebody. Hey, young man, what's up? Is it a phone? I've got 25 in my house. But to give me one, I need, to do, I need you to do something for me. Then he takes you in. Then he drains your blood. What, what did he use as a bait? That particular moment, you were in need of a phone. Or maybe, sometimes, you are in need of a phone, and the person tells you that, this is how we can get a phone. We need to, we need to go and rob somebody. Have you know somebody in your area who is good, who has money, and has phones? Let's go and rob. From that day on, you have tend to become an armed robber. Because you went one, the journey was nice. In the next morning, out of one night, without struggles, eh? the only thing was that you were too careful that to not be caught. You were able to buy iPhone 12, flat, flat, fresh, flat, so nice. Say, ah, if I can use one night to buy iPhone 12, why don't I go again and again and again? Gradually, you have become a robot. So many of the times, get it from me. The devil uses what you are in need of at that particular point in time of your life the most. Hmm? 
what do you think you are in need of? The most as a bitch gets, gets you to do his, his, his bidding or his work. Then, but he answered and said unto him, verse 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord, of God. Then the devil taken him up into the holy city and set up him in a, a pinnacle, on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Hi, look at this man, how he's quoting the scriptures. Who is quoting the scriptures? The devil. Sit down. You see, many of times, Christians are deceived to think that Satan doesn't know anything about God. Excuse my language, he said that he, he seems to know almost everything as he has experienced with God. Because he has been with God before. True of us. Yes. So he seems to know much except the future things that God has been revealed to him. So he was quoting the scriptures. And he shall give his angels that will not dust thy food again. The Jesus said, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, again, the devil taken him up into an exceeding high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and said unto him, of the world, and 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 showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and said unto him, all these things I will give thee, if thou will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him will those shall not worship. I want to ask you, when you have pushed to the world. When you are pushed to the world to be made to think that you can give up on God and succeed, will you say that you hold up on God or you will you, you, you be ready to forget about God? It's a question and it's a very hard decision in life to be taking most of the time. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, have you become a Christian? Your birthright is, is, is Christianity or is Christ. What is going to be able to take you to the place of your destiny? To be able to make you to lay hold of the inheritances and the promises that God has and plans that God has for you. Is your place in Christ or in the Lord? How we get it right? Look, of deception should you sit to think that. I've seen a lot of people who say that they have become born again. And their life has so much not been so different. So that be, so therefore becoming born again, I don't think that is going to make any difference in my life. Also, you have in the first place imprisoned yourself to a life of what mediocrity and the status of co of living like others. But if you have come to the understanding and the belief that thou sayest the Lord, that behold, if anybody be in Christ is a new creation, all things are passed away, and all things have become new. At that point, it's going to be the beginning of the manifestations of the will of God in our life. Then you begin to experience it. How do you get it from? So, coming to Christ, being in Christ, being a Christian, accepting the Lord as your Lord and Savior, is a beginning or should be the beginning of the manifestations of the will of God in your life. But I'm telling you, as you are going on in this journey of Christian life, as you are going on on this journey of the faith in the Lord, there will come times, 
There will come seasons. There will come moments. That men will tell you, give up. I'm telling you, men will tell you, give up. Like the wife of Job came unto him one day. Are you still holding on to this God? Why would you curse him and die? Why would you curse this God? Look, you have trusted him. You have believed in him. He Lord made him lose everything. You are still saying God. You are still saying God. Why would you let go? Just say God. I don't believe in you anymore. I want to go my own way. I'm telling you, it is not true. But Job held to his position. He said, woman, you're speaking like one of the foolish peoples of the earth. And there is no way I have to listen to you. Ah, David will tell you that why he persecuted me, yet will I trust him. Can you hold on? Look at Jesus. Jesus met Satan face to face. And Satan was telling him what to do, how to, how, how to become just a great man within time. And he held his position. Are we able to hold on? Somebody says, Hold on to your faith, your confessions, all the days of your life, and you will see the hand of the Lord in your life. Hold on to your faith, your confessions, all the days of your life, and you will see. The hand of the Lord in your life. He can do, he can do it, do it better for you. I say, far more than you can think that he would ever do. He is the Lord. Is there anything too hard for him? He is the Lord. He has said it, and surely he would do. Hold on to your faith, your confessions all the days of your life, and you will see the hand of the Lord. You see, I learned this song when I was in class three. Basic three. I learned it. And when the song came fresh and we were singing it, something rang a bell in my mind that there is a God. Hallelujah. Yes, there is a God. So the first time I mentioned a smaller God's name to do something, I regretted. I went to kneel, but then I don't go to church, but I went to kneel and said, God, I'll sin against you. I'm telling you. Are you there with me? Can you be pushed to the wall like Jesus? And he said that only God and only him and only him is yourself. Ah. Ah, Jesus. Jesus Christ said this to Satan. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. You see, I once preached a message here saying that. Was it Donald Falk prayed to the enemy's leaders? You see, as I began earlier by telling you that the devil will always see what is your need to get your attention. When Satan has realized that you have a need of something so much, he's going to use that as a bait for you. But let me tell you something. 
You see, what Satan oftentimes makes you to think that you are not able to realize, you are not able to experience, so he wants to fast track it for you. That thing is just a stone through or a step away from you. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Let me tell you, many of the times, eh, hmm, your temptations come moments your glory. Temptations in life, they come moments to your glory. But when that temptation is coming that moment away from your glory, what Satan does is that you make you feel that there is no glory ahead. Or there is no good life ahead. He is the only one who has a good life. In the life of Job, his next multiple blessings was not, were not far away from him. Ask me, which people did he come to castigate Job? His friend, the so-called wise men. The patriots, the pastors, the teachers. All of them came, Job. We thought your wisdom could serve you better than you couldn't have lost everything. And they will ask him, if it is in modern days of management, they would have asked him, do you need to do risk management? Do you need to do risk management? So that when it's like, when you're, you're in finance, when you have made a loss of this, there is going to be a means that you can, you, you can survive. For instance, let's take it that, like this school, where coronavirus has come, if there has a, a proper risk management strategy, eh, or if we had, had a proper risk management strategy, being an old school, they are not old. So being a, a proper risk management school like any other school, staff or all employees of the school should be living on a monthly salary even for two years. It's a risk management strategy. So we save money towards that period. As a strategic planning. If the period comes like coronavirus has shown us, oh, 10 years, workers are in the house, they will receive salary, nobody will go hungry. They will, they will ask him questions, aren't you wise? Didn't you see it coming? And the man, out of the many questionings, have to sometimes hide himself and pray. Say, God, in you I trust. But look, Job stood his ground. Can you hold on? I'm talking to you, young man. Can you hold on? Look, you know what? We are in the age where defending Christianity is no more important. Now it is some of the times when you go to certain places to even say that I'm a Christian. When you are saying it, then your mouth is shaking. Yes, I go to church. Tell me I'm telling lies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, I go to church. It means you are sort of doing something, and people are seeing that what you are doing, you are not different from the worldly person and the Christian. They ask, Are you a Christian? Yes, I go to church. They didn't ask whether you go to church. They say, Are you a Christ like? But all of a sudden, you have become one like them. Can you hold your position? Can you hold your position? As a Christian, to say this is what the Lord says. Look, Satan will not come and tell you things you don't know. How will you get to try it? Satan always uses what you already know to fight you. Are you there? Look at what.
in the bush. At a point, I was asking God some questions. I was analyzing that case. And I was asking some questions. And I was making personal analysis with it for better teachings. But look where he came. He asked him, Did God say that? You should not eat the food. What did God say? He said, Oh, God did you really say that you should eat it? But he said that they would eat it to do what? We will die. So when I come and tell them, don't drink this water. When you drink it, no, when you drink this water, you die. There is no other thing. Don't drink it. Two of us. But Satan came and asked Eve, did God say you should eat? He God didn't really say you should eat. But he only said the day we eat, we die. And I asked a question. There were two trees in the garden. Why did this devil tell me to wear in the tree of life? Like by now, there's something like death. I can say I'll be like this till I will be like this till eternity. Hey! Man. You see, whenever, whenever, whenever you put good and bad before man, it's always in the tendencies of man to go for the bad. You are laughing. It's always in the tendencies of a man to go for bad, to go for evil. Man has never naturally chased after a good thing before. That is just by the way. So Satan always uses what you already know to ask you questions. Are you there? He always uses so the information you already have is what Satan is going to use to, to use to convince you. But the question is, would you hold on to the promise? He can use the same thing that was told you. To make it look like the thing that was told you was not relevant. Either. He can use the same thing that was told you to ask you a question. To make it look like the thing that was told you was not relevant. But what will you say? It, is, it boils down to that personal conviction of the heart. Hmm? That personal conviction of the mind. That you have psychologically persuaded and convinced that no matter what, I've made up my mind. Somebody said, I've got my mind made up and I want them back because I want to see my Jesus someday. I've got my mind made up and I want them back. I want to see my Jesus someday. Say goodbye, world. I stay no longer with you. Goodbye, treasures of sin. I stay no longer with you. I've made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. I've made up my mind to go God's way the rest. Can you hold on? I, I remember the Lord said in the book of Re- Revelations that hold fast till I come. Hold it fast. Hold it fast. Because the Lord knows that look, there will be moments that something will be dragging the rope of Christianity out of your hands. A lot of things will come up. People will ask questions. People will question your faith. So you people are getting rich. Can't you see it? You have been working in that company for 
for 35 years, but I know a boy who started working for five years. He's bought a house and built a house. He's bought a car and built a house. You have been there. You have only this small car. You have seen the rented apartment. Can you hold on? Or you say, let me also tow their parts. It's because of our inability as Christians to hold on to our faith that do not differentiate us or that makes us look like the world. That makes that there is no difference between us and the world. We are not ready just to fasten our belts. It's a wake up call to us all. It's a wake up call to us all. Can you hold on? Somebody came. I can't just imagine that it's me. If I do it ignorantly, it's better than when I do it knowledgeably. That I should come from somewhere. See food. The F-O-O-D food. Then you ask me that if I give you something that from today, you will not go and serve God again. You say, ah, what is this serving God for? I've been serving God. I'm still hungry. Give me food to eat. You are saying serving God. Give me food, Job. They take their food and eat. Isn't that amazing? It's just mind baffling that you just you just can't understand it. But begin to ask yourself. One way or the other, we might have not consciously be faced with questions, but decisions that we've made, steps that we've taken, actions that we've construed, and things that we are about to face in life. But I'm dotting your mind that there is going to come a day. In your secrecy and in your corner, you've got to hold firm. You've got to hold firm, Christ. Raise the flag of Christ high. Raise it high. Hoist it. Hoist it like no other. When you're holding on to it like a, 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 a tag of war that the others are pulling the rope saying that we will drag you in. Drag it all. Drag it all. Even when your strength is leaving, hold it on. Let them pull. And tell them, look, I will pull to the, my last breath. If it means that the last breath I will have means that I'm going to meet my Savior is better than. Because I'm telling you, if you give it up, and you join it out to them and you accept their philosophies and their ways. It doesn't mean that you are going to make heaven. It is rather meaning that you are going to lose the Savior. It rather means that you are going to lose the Savior. Can you hold on? Let me show you something. From what we read in Matthew chapter 3. Come to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Let me show you something that happened when Jesus was able to hold on. Before I continue reading my other scriptures. Philippians chapter 2, reading from verse 5. Reading from verse 5. Bible says that, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who be in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Actually, that scripture has said that the translation is not rendering it well for me. Can I get this amplified from you? Let me get amplified from you. Chapter 2, read it from verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, look to you as your example in selfless humility, mm-hmm. who although he existed in the form, 
and unchanging essence of God as one with him possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, mm -hmm. did not regard equality with God. Mm -hmm. I Good. I like how the King James uh, the Amplified did not regard equality with God. In other words, when Christ came on earth, he did not say, because I am God. I am the fullness of God. I am the Holy... Do you know Jesus Christ when he was on earth? The Holy Ghost was not omnipresent. Good. Because wherever he was, the Holy Spirit was sentenced there. Unless he commands before it moves. He, he, had, he had all this. But Bible said that he did not thought it robbery. You know, he, he should have said that he did not thought it robbery to be made like unto a man. The King James should have better rendered it like that. Did not thought to robbery to be made like a man. Do you get it right? That is what the Amplified said. That. Did not think that it was robbery to, to be what? Read it, read it on. Read it from where you were. You were. Did not regard equality. Did not regard equality with God, but a thing to be grasped or a certain. A thing to be grasped or a certain. As if he did not already possess it. As if he did not. Look, let, let's take it. Let's assume that. Uh, excuse my language, I can't be. I am God. You are Jesus. When I sent you to a place, as a matter of fact, let's, let's just take it this way. Do you know the president of certain instances equally as the, uh, the vice president? They all have the same jurisdictions and office. I'll be getting right. But when the president sent them, Nanando, his excellency, sends Dr. Baumia, his excellency, to a corner to go and do something. When he gets there, because he's the vice president, what do you think he will do? He will raise his shoulders. I am the vice president. Accord me the necessary space. Show me the necessary, give me the highest place of society and let me sit there. But when Jesus Christ came to earth, what did he do? The Bible said that he made himself like a man. That is why he said that he did not touch robbery, not to be equal with God. So the King James rendering here did not explain it better. But when you read the Amplified with better analysis, you understand. I'll be getting right. So Jesus came. Here he said that he did not touch it robbery to be equal with God. Do you understand it? If somebody did not touch it robbery to be equal with me, he said the person is ready to rob shoulders with you. Basic English, two of us. But in the actual sense, Jesus did not take it like it is going to be robbery for me when I make myself like a man. When I even do not appear like a God. So he came on earth, did not appear like a God. But look at the verses, what the verse says. Verse 7 says that, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Are you there? Are you there? The obedience of the cross, even the death, he made himself like a servant unto obedience, even the obedience of the cross. Ah. Ah. And became obedient unto death. Look. Look. The call to Christianity here. It's not a call to a fun game. Are you here? It's not a call to a fun game. I'm tired with the normal Christian life we have in our society today. 
Christianity is not a political party that you can belong to party A. When things are not going well, you can change your party membership card. No. Which people in the political parties are given the best place of governance when their parties come to power? It is those who were able to hold on even when they are in opposition. I'm telling you that eh? Christianity is not a football club. Hmm? That when your team is not winning matches, you will say that I want to win Champions League. So you are leaving Chelsea to go and join Real Madrid. No, it's not a football club. It's not a football club. We have been called into a battlefield to defend what has been given us. We are like armies or an army on a war front. And the moment we want to play loose guard, not holding firm, the faith that has beheaded us, we will not make lay hold of the promise thereof. Either Christianity is not a it's, it's not a fun game. There is a baton handled us. Either with me. There is a baton. Hold it firm. Hold it firm. Can you can you hold on? Look, at that point in time when it looks like this is your last moment of opportunity. Can you say for Christ's sake? Sacrifice to other Christian. I'm asking you, will you be an Esau? You'll be a Jacob. Christian brother, will you be a, an Esau or you'll be a Jacob? When I was growing up, eh, I'm 33, I'm not a kid. When I was growing up, I like certain things about women. If you ask my sister which type of hair about women I like, she will tell you. So sometimes I'll take my lady to the back to the saloon for that particular hair to be done here for her. But when I became born again and grown in the things of God, I say, hair beauty, Otilo. Because I got to realize that if I don't take care, the devil will use that hair beauty to get me. Easy. Easy. I say, hair beauty, Otilo, bye-bye. I need to hold firm onto this. <sighs> Reading on. Wherefore, God also <laughs> has exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee should bow. Look. When Satan had taken him onto the mountain, I did. I set him on a pinnacle. 
You just go on top of this story building. See how you see almost the whole vicinity here. And when you see the whole vicinity, some houses look so beautiful. As a man, you'll be so desirous that I wish I have these houses to myself. Being a man that now you have not built, you'll be so desirous. Then somebody comes and says that, look, me, I have the power to let all these things be used. Yours. You can buy and buy the whole land because I'll bless you with riches. Just forget your allegiance to God and become my servant. I'm telling you, look, I'm telling you, you are a man. Look, you are a man. Looking at the suffering that we are in. Ah! Imagine as your age, you are having a private jet. Yeah? Not. Imagine at your age, you're having a private jet. You don't work. You don't do anything. You only sleep and wake up. There are cooks in your house. People are washing your clothes. You have a private jet. Monday, you have a car you use. Tuesday, you have a car you use. Wednesday, you have a different car you use. Wednesday, you have a different car you use. Thursday, you have a Friday, you have a different car. Sunday. It's like from pub to pub. Club to club. You're laughing. From club to club, pub to pub. If you are from Vienna City, how many clubs do you have in Accra? Vienna City, I don't know. I don't know of only Vienna City. In Ghana, the only clubs or nightclubs I have. I know of only Vienna City. Yeah, I don't, we don't go, so we don't know them. From pub to pub, club to club. The only question you can be asking yourself is him from the bustle. Let me be there. Then when they are coming, the response, hey, senior. Asa, tomorrow morning, wanted to take you to, do you know some people have cut their finger to take money? Yes. Some ritualists, they cut their fingernails to take money. Some cut their toe, nail, to take money. You want to check some people, their toes not there. Of privacy, I think it's of a blessed memory. A man I know from a certain community where I stayed around a flower, he deals with mermaids. Mermaids, mummy waters. When he enter his room this way, you come back this way. Yes. He doesn't eat okra. Those were his rules. Mummy water can come to his room, they will sit and talk. One of the richest men. You know a trigger. It's always in shoe. It's not free. Imagine getting to heaven and God asks you, where is your toe? Because God didn't make you lose your toe. So where is your toe? What will you say? Will you say, you can't lie. What will you say? God, and when I was coming to heaven, it fell in a gutter. He said yes. He already knows, isn't it? He already knows. Look, after all that happened in Matthew chapter 4, hmm, reading from verse 3 to 11, look at what has happened in Second uh, Peter, uh, Philippians chapter 2. Because he was not ready to obey Satan, God has given him a name. Look, there is only one command God has given us. 
by which you can overcome the battle with the enemy is obedience. Just holding on to what he said. It's obedience. After that, God has given him a name that is above every name. <clears throat> Let me tell you this. Satan showed from scripture, it was said that he showed him the whole universe or the whole earth. But I will tell you that it was not the whole earth. Scripture said it. But no, unless maybe they stood in heaven that they could see the whole earth. But when you go on top of this mountain, you can see a portion of the land. Draw of us. Even use aeroplane as tall and go as high as you could go. You will see the whole earth. Can you see the whole earth? You see portions of the earth. Let me tell you what I'm trying to say is that Satan will indirectly tell you that I'm showing you everything that is in the world. And if you can only bow down to me, lose what you are holding up to go down to me, I'll give it all to you. But I'm telling you that it is not all. What he's showing you is just a part of what is in the world. Are you Yes. He will try to present it to you. He has always presented a picture like what I'm showing you is the best of all. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the fullness of everything. So just come to me and I'll give it all to you. But let me tell you, the fullness of everything is in Christ. Can you hold on? I'm dotting your mind. Can you hold on? Can you hold on? Can you hold on? Come with me to Hebrews chapter 10, 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Uh, Hebrews 10, 23. Oh, Jesus, help us. Hebrews 10, 23 says that. Let, read it. Let us hold fast. Faith. Without wavering. Without, what is the profession of our faith? The salvation we are found in Christ. The faith we are found in Christ. Let us hold it fast. Without, look, there are times thoughts begin to waver in your mind. Asking you questions like they were asking Job. Will you hold on to this Jesus and die? Why not curse him? Why not say I don't believe in him again? Satan will come knocking on your door. I am here. Behold, the rich man, all the best people you can see, you can see in the world. I made them rich. I have more riches with me. So come, come, come to me, and I'll make you one of the richest men. Can you say, Satan? I have no business with you. I have a business with God. Can you hold on? Or because of your predicaments and challenges. You want to say, Satan, thank you for your bid. I'm ready to let go. Are you ready to sell your birthright? I'm asking you a question. Think about it. Think about the decisions you are making. Think about the options you are making. Think about the things you are giving up certain things for. Think about it. Can you hold on? Can you hold on like Jesus held on? Can you hold on like Job held on? Hmm. Once upon a time, Paul and Silas, Peter and James, they were imprisoned. When they were imprisoned, the pastors and the teachers of the land called them and told them that 
Don't preach in that name Jesus again. For the next time when we hear you preaching in the name Jesus, we will call you and we will beat you and kill you. Ah, ah. But Bible said that Peter rose up and said, Men and brethren, why should we obey men and disobey God? And then the next moment, they imprisoned them. But when they came back, they saw them in the town preaching in the name of Jesus. Then they went to call them. The people came to the priest and said that, Ah, is it not this man that you put in prison? Come and see them. They are still preaching in that name. Is it that men who say that don't preach in Jesus' name, don't believe in the Lord, so you also not believe in him? Look, in my few days, I've suffered many things for the name of Jesus Christ. I've been beaten. I've been ridiculed. I've been, look, I've, I've been shamed publicly for believing in Christ Jesus. Because the people that were around me, they were not ready to hold the fort. Even my old fellow Christians I used to pray with in they laughed at me. Yes. We go for fellowship. You are praying. You are ministering to them. They are sick. They tell you pray for them. But when I was ridiculed, when I was mocked, when I was, I, I, I was thrown down at, they were laughing at me. Also, for pastor. I remember one day we were standing at Samuel at school, SH, secondary school. And a, a, a sister was standing beside me and she said, she's of a different faith, a witness. I wouldn't recite the, 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 the national anthem. So the teacher called. Ah, Beatrice, you are not reciting the national anthem. Come here. Then he called me. Essie, how many people are not reciting the national anthem? I said, I didn't see anybody. He said, ah, you cry, you mad. You want to behave like Jesus Christ. Nailed down. I was asked to kneel down why the person was not reciting the anthem was asked to go. I didn't utter a word. I thought, when I kneel down, won't I get that? Is there a good that doesn't hold my knee? No. I knelt down for some time. I spent a little in the whole assembly in front of everybody. I knelt down. I stood up and I went. It didn't, it didn't take anything from me. But I, hold, I held in high esteem. The prize won for me by my Lord. The faith I had found in Jesus. And I wasn't ever ready to trade it for anything. Uh, was it rock and lolly? But for the praises of man, I will never ever trade you for anything. I won't trade you. Can you hold on? Look. It's going to look delayed. Life would seem delayed. Life would seem challenging. Look, but the name of Christ, I'm telling you, take it like a baton. Take it like a, a tag of war. And you are the only one holding on to that rope. That you're in the tag with others. You are pulling it. With your list of mistakes, leaving the room, they'll win the battle. They'll win the battle. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't leave it yet. Don't leave it yet. Hold on. Hold on. Hold it on. 
for there is a glory ahead of you. I hear Paul say in the book of Romans, for we know that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared to the glory that awaits us. Have you ever read it? Yes. The sufferings of this present. Yes, Romans 8. Two of us. Was it 32 or something? Ah. Romans 8, 18. Ah, Jesus. For we know, for we know, for we know, we know. We know. That the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared to the glory that is ahead of us. Hold on. Hey. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. For the earnest expectations of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. Look. Christianity and the faith we have received is just like a simple message that God gave to Adam in the bush, in the garden of Eden. And don't eat of it. The day you eat, you will die. It's just the simple message of consciousness that was passed on to Eve that God said that they will eat, we will die. God needed not to have told Eve himself. He has told somebody who could tell Eve. So the person told him. But when somebody came and said, don't worry. Maybe I've had a meeting with God. You can eat of it. I would have preferred hearing from God himself telling that you can eat of it. I should have waited. To, I would have preferred hearing from God Himself saying, "Eat of it." And I asked, "Where was it that when Eve was ah, when Eve was going hmm, to to just pluck the fruit and eat? She didn't go to pluck life. You see, whenever Satan wants to bring you into distraction, he gives you what is always brightened. So the three of Knowledge, wisdom, and what? Death. Like I was explaining to the man yesterday. It's like your daddy left this bottle of water and another one here. So the day you drink this one, you'll be like a robot. But the day you drink this one, you'll be the wisest man on earth. Which one will you prefer drinking first? No, you are wise. Or you have seen Christ, so you say the wisest man. Look, as a matter of fact, you have watched Ben 10, you have watched no, 10, 10 televisions, and you have watched these movies, and have seen how robots behave. He can raise this building and turn it upside down. So your daddy said, when he bring this water, you'll be like a robot. He said, ah, robot. Wisest man there. You even quote a scripture, Ecclesiastes. The Bible said that there was a, a community or a whole town, that there was one wise man in it. And his wisdom was taken for foolishness. So wise man, if you are wise without riches, you are a foolish man, two of us. So you want to be a robot. Imagine you are a robot. You are coming. All the wise men will have to sit and be watching you. Because maybe, look, wise men are standing and they want to move this building back. And then, 
now before the scientists have taken, taken pen, the physicists, the, the physicists, the mathematicians have taken pen and paper, calculating the force of gravity, calculating the force to be applied, and then they'll be thinking about to mold the crane. But you are a robot, you are a superman. You just say, okay, foolish man, sit somewhere. You did this, and the building is gone back. Who will be obeyed and who will be reverent? The robot and the superman. So as soon as they say, when you drink this, you'll be a superman. Satan will tell you, I don't want to be a superman. The whole world is your own. So see, God said, there's a tree of life. Eh? Life. And there is one that is just knowledge and death. Look, that thing, knowledge and death, one day we'll, we'll, we'll learn it. The tree of knowledge and death. Through everything that you think you are going to learn and then you're thinking that you are becoming the wisest person than everybody, know that you are gradually clawing towards your own grave. You know that you will die soon. It cuts you from God. I won't teach it. I won't say anything so much today. You've got to learn. But there is a knowledge that is, is unto destruction. Hebrews 4.14 to 16. Hebrews 4.14 to 16. Hebrews 4.14 to 16. Hebrews 4.14 to 16. Who is there? Who is there? Who is there? Who is there? there? We have a great high priest. That is verse 17. That, that, that 16 is enough. We have a priest who is passing through the heavens, who is always touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Do you know what scripture is saying? With everything that you are going through or you will go through in this life, God knows of it. How we get it right? So, don't give up. I hope you get it right. For God knows of it. So don't give up. But let us therefore hold fast. Let us therefore hold fast. Let us therefore hold fast. Hmm. Let us therefore hold fast unto the grace that we have found. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 20 says that. Don't worry, let me read that one. Deuteronomy 10 20 says that. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve. And unto him shalt thou cleave. Did you hear it? Do you know what it means to cleave unto somebody? Hmm? Have you been walking in the grass, in the bush before? 
then these tongues, they cleave onto your shirt. Some of the times you are removing, they don't want to remove. Two of us. You are doing your possible best, but they've held fast onto you. It's like just like my cats in the house. Some of the time they can hold fast onto you. When you do everything, they are still holding your legs. Especially when they are hungry. Look, I'm telling you, friends, the only thing that is going to bring us a promise hmm, that is ahead of us is not looking back, but it's holding fast. Let's, let's read the scripture. Let's read the scripture. Turn your Bible to the, the book of the, uh, Exodus chapter 32. Let me show you something about the life of the Israelites. Exodus 32. And I read from verse 15. And Bible says that, I wanted to paraphrase it, but let me read it. Wherefore, chapter 32 verse 15. And then, and Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two table tablets of the testimony were in his hands. The tablets were written on both sides, on their both sides. On the one side and the other side, they were written. And the tablets were the work of God. And the written was written of God, graven upon the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they were shouting, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, That is Moses. It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overtaken or overcome. But the noise of them that sing to do, do I hear? So we're singing and making merry. And it came to pass, as as soon as he came nigh the camp to the unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger was hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hands and break them beneath the mount, and took the calf which they had made and bent it in the fire and ground it to powder and straight away and strode it upon the water. And made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What is this? What did these people unto thee, that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not your anger, let not the anger of my Lord or my master once hurt against me. For thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods. We shall go before us. For this Moses, the man that God brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know. We note not what is become of him. We note not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever has gold earring, bring it. You see, once upon a time, eh? while God was on the mountain, giving the Ten Commandments to Moses, the children of Israel were breaking the first one. Now shall not bow down to any, any graven image. <laughs> the commandment are come. They are breaking the first one. What did they do? 
The commandment started coming. When you read Exodus 20, it was there. But in 32, it brought the whole experience all together. That it was said that while he was receiving the commandment with Joshua on the mountain, before they would come down, the people were breaking the first one. What was the first one they were breaking? They had craved images with their earrings and with their hands of mortal images and they were bowing down to them. Why? Because they were not ready to hold longer unto the man that saved them. They were like, this Moses is delaying our promise. Look, he's brought us into this section of the mountain and he has left us that he's going to meet God on top of the mountain. How long should we wait until he takes us to the desert, to the promised land? We want to go now. That is always our problem. We want to go now. We want to go to the promised land now. So if we will not go to the promised land to go and worship this God, then pray for us another God. We will serve that God now. You see the mistake? We will serve that God today. We will serve that God today. Oh, Jesus. And what happened? We serve that God today. So they went, look, 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 look at, look at the, the 20. The 20. And no, that 20, 20, 20, 20, what? Why is it important? And, and Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord was hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. I'm telling you. Have you seen it? Make us gods. Hasn't there been times you wish like you have denied? Your father, his, his place in your life as a father. Yes, it has happened to some of us before. That you feel the rich man opposite to your house, he is your father. And you wish you can even say that, Daddy, fathers name children. Children don't name their fathers. But you want to name the man that is your father. You've named him because you want to ignore your father, his place in your life. Because they feel that he is not taking you to your place. Can you wait a little longer and say, God, I trust in you. This is your journey. So they say, oh, this Moses, we don't know what has become of him. He has said that he's sending us to the promised land. And then we have come. Look, when we were in Egypt, we used to bow down to some images and dance. Now he said that there is a God that we are going to worship. Where is that God? We want to be worshipping idols. We want to be worshipping things. You see, people are always ready to make merry. You understand me? We are too ever ready and too enhanced to make merry. So when it's like merry stages are delayed, we are angry. We are, we are not happy at all. Make us image. Make us something that we can, we can dance around. Because when we were coming with this Moses, we didn't have the time. Because when we were in Egypt, there were those things that the Egyptians would be dancing for their God. And the only thing we can also do is that we will go beside those gods. And while we dance, look at how when they are dancing, the traditionalists are dancing to their things, they drink alcohol. They take drinks. They misbehave around. We want to do something like that. We want to be dancing. We also want to party. No wonder when they were coming on the way, they asked him, Do you bring us into the wilderness to kill us? Are there no more gods? Are there no honeys? Are there no onions in Egypt? They were asking him questions. Moses was angry. 
So when he called them, he said, ah. The very thing they are warning me about. But what happened before the people, they created the image for them. They said that for this Moses, we don't know what has become of him. We don't know whether he has gone to die. <laughs> we don't know whether he has gone to die on the mountain. He has delayed too long. Look, no matter how long your Savior has delayed, hold on. You will soon arrive. The fact that your Savior has delayed hmm, does not mean that you should go and serve hmm, your distractor. Do you hear what I'm saying? The fact that your Savior in life has delayed does not mean that you should go and serve the distractor or the destroyer in your life. Because there are only two options. If you are not ready to wait for the Savior, you will always go to the destroyer. It's as simple as that. So, while the Savior is delaying, be steadfast. Be what? Steadfast. Once upon a time. You see? You see? There were about three or four women in the Bible that, excuse my language, dealt foolishly. And nothing good came out of it. Sarah. She married Abraham. Two of us. Then they were there. Children were not coming. God has promised them that he's going to give them a blessed seed. Two of us. They were there. Were there. Where the seed was not coming. Sarah said, Behold, for it to be said in the whole land that I'm a barren woman. Let my husband not take our maid and sleep with her. What did they give birth to? Ishmael. That is how we have the Ishmaelites today. Impatience. She was not able to hold on to the promise of God. Another woman came called Rachel. She got married to her husband. Son was not coming, but there was a seed in her that God would bring his glory through. She was not able to hold it on. She gave to Nuzans. Nuisance. I call them nuisance. Excuse my language. I call them nuisance because they didn't play any significant role. He gave his mate in competition with the rival, the sister, the old sister. And look, if the two of us marry, hmm? You and your sister, you, let's assume you and your brother got married to one woman and you are not able to proceed, produce seed and he is producing seed. Is it, is it a wrong thing? Is your brother's children not your children? Because of lack of patience, give the maid and they were giving but she was happy. Give the maid. God was faithful to her. That is still his covenant was fulfilled through her. But there were some women in the Bible. A woman like Becky. Elizabeth, sorry. Elizabeth. Patience. Patience. She wasn't having child. She held on with Zachariah. Then the angel of the Lord came and told them that told her that what? You bring forth a child. A reason will not touch his head. Even I believe that it, when God had told them, it took some time. Still hold on. Still hold on. Still hold on. Will you hold on? Still hold on. What did she get back to? John the Baptist. A barren woman who gave birth to only one person was the greatest man of all. Then in another case was Anna. Anna was married, was not giving birth, was not giving birth. She didn't dare. What did she do? While her blessings delayed, what did she do? She held on. She looked unto God. Looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith. 
She looked unto God. That was, look, when your blessings seem delayed, it's not the time to write away. It is rather the time to deeper your relationship with God. I'll be getting it. Bible says that when the anger of the ruler rises up against thee, leave not thy place for yielding pacifies great offenses. He knows what he's taking you through. He's building you for the glory. Look, glory can consume. Do you know glory can consume? Yes. Publicity can consume. Hold on. Hold it on. So Hannah held on. Hannah held on. Only one was more than all the children of Penana. So two of us. One seed from her was more than. Imagine Hannah was not ready to give, hold on. You see, that is a problem of some of the times African parents or some, some, some women and some men. When they get married and then a child is not coming, they are so much in a rush that they will go and buy seed. Do you know they buy seed? They either do artificial insemination or they will go to the Malans or the Vodus and they will give them tap. People will go for concussions, drink. Recently, I know a young lady in my area, in the area, I won't mention her name for security reasons. We were there. She had married for some years. I overheard that there were some family things, things about against the marriage. So when she married, they were there. Seed was not coming. She traveled to the village and came home. She was carrying belly. Quickly, when I saw her, the Lord spoke to me and said, Why did you do this? She asked, Why? But it was some way. The Lord spoke to me and said, She went home to get seed. I just pray every day. I shall be one with them. Look, it's not everything that is allowed for us as Christians. I hope you get it right. Maybe hold on. I'm asking you a question. Can you hold on? Can you hold on? As a matter of fact, can you hold on? This morning, I'm just asking you a simple question. Can you hold on? Or you give up. Look, when the journey goes off, will you hold on or you give up? It's like you are driving the car and you've lost control on the hill. Hmm? You've lost control on the hill. Or the tire has burst and the car is seeming not to have a focus. You don't know where it is going, you don't know where it is going to end. You don't leave the hill. You hold it firm. Else you die. Be on your feet and let's pray. I won't end my message. If I want to end, I won't leave here today. Be on your feet and let's pray. Let's pray to God. Let's speak to God. Let's speak to God that grant us the grace to hold on. It is a grace. It takes grace. It doesn't take any, any, any knowledge, any book knowledge, nothing. Because men of great understanding even have fallen. Even as let go of the Lord. Even as let go of the faith. Just talk to him. The Lord grant me grace. 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 To hold on. To hold on to the faith. To hold on to the things you've taught me. In the name of Jesus. Grant me grace. Grant me grace. Grant me grace. Grant me grace. Yes, Lord. Let your grace be with us. Let your grace be with me. That I will not leave this sin. I will not leave it. I will not leave this faith. I will not leave this faith. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 
Jesus. Men who can't say things, men who can't say things, but you want to tell the Lord, the Lord, grant me as a young man, as a young person growing up in this life. I just want to be somebody who will hold it on, who will hold on the faith, who will hold on the promise, lease it unto others. I won't give it up. I won't be like the Israelites in the wilderness that will say, I don't know of this Savior. He has so delayed in the promise. I won't be like somebody that will say, of what benefit is this birthright? Of what benefit is this sin unto me? But what he can say is that I want it on. I want on. Even to my last breath. I want on. I hold 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 on. In the name of Jesus. I hold on. I hold on. I hold on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We bless you. We bless you.